I said shut up. As in close your mouth and stop talking. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to another episode of Cult of Personality, the good one. Um, today we're going to be talking about Solaris. This is the final episode for Sci-Fi Month. I thought, uh, I said last episode that we were going to be talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Sorry. Did that come out? No, two days. In two days it'll come out. Oh. So next episode. We so then I got to watch all of that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's okay. Talking about uh, Solaris, which I just said, so hopefully you remember. I'm not going to ask Matt how he's doing. It's going to be a stupid answer, and this is a very serious movie. Oh, how how are you doing? Just insert your favorite stupid answer. I don't know. This movie has... I thought we were going to watch the 2002 one because it had people I know, like George Clooney. The Clinster. Matt Damon. Did it have Matt Damon? Christian oh. Bale. No, it didn't. Morgan Freeman. Okay, you're making this up. It did have all those guys. It, big names. I think it might even have had um, Liam Neeson. Stars. This movie is directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Uh, the screenplay was by Friedrich uh, Gorenstein and Andrei Tavarovsky again. Uh, it's based on Solaris by Stainslaw Lem. Uh, it's produced by Beatyslav <laughs> Tarasov. Uh, it stars Donatas Banionis, Natalia Bondarchuk. I loved her in Batman. Yuri Yarvet. I loved him in Batman too. Vladislav Dvorsky. He wasn't as good in Batman. Nikolai Grinko. And Natalie Solonitsyn. So there's big names in this too. No names. If you're a Soviet 50 years ago. This is the 50th anniversary of the film, released in 1972. This is a sad episode. I don't think any of these people are wearing Star Trek or... They're probably... Maybe... uh, Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Look at this Mario-looking guy. Um... No, maybe. This the filmography is not formatted. That's a bad sign. You know when they don't have the format table, and it's just no. a list. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Here's a plot of uh, this movie. Give us a quick rundown of the film. I'll give you a quick rundown. This guy, Chris Kelvin, he's your everyman. He's a bit of a, a doomer at the beginning of the movie. He stands in the rain. Um, and he just walks around looking at shit. He's kind of catatonic. And then this guy appears and he's like, Hey, let's watch this show. They say, Okay. Let's watch this show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and it's just a, a recap of when he got back from this planet Solaris. And he's talking about how he's, he, He's nuts, so he's probably t- he smoked a little bit of that grass, and he's talking about how he saw uh, a man that was four meters tall, a, a child, a that child. That's ridiculous. Get real in fog, and he's like, "Oh, I have a video to prove it." Uh, he shows this video, and it's just him flying around in the clouds. Everyone dunks on him, blows him the fuck out, and says, <laughs> "Get real." Um, so now he's bald and old, and he says, "Look, Chris." This shit's heavy. And Chris goes, okay. And just blows him off again. This guy's a low life. And then Chris goes to Solaris or a station uh, orbiting it. 
It's him and two other guys. Uh, one's name is Snout, and the other guy's name is... Uh, Sartorius. Like Jacob Sartorius. Like Jacob Sartorius, yes. if you're familiar. He had a friend there. It was, it was going to be the four of them, but he committed suicide because he couldn't handle the smoke. And then they sit around the um, station, and strange happenings start occurring. People start occurring. Guests, they call them. And Chris discovers his dead ex-wife is suddenly alive on the station. Ooh. And then they talk about it for two hours and 47 minutes. And then the movie ends, as all movies do. Well, the bad ones. George Lucas would say, a movie never is finished. It's abandoned. So Is that really what he said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, Hugh Janus didn't abandon this project, and they brought it back to life for this Criterion cut, which was immaculate. Um, Criterion hits it out of the park once again. Thank you very much. Matthew, what did you think about this movie? Listen. Okay. Listen. I'm going to suss the vibe here, Mm -hmm. as the kids say. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Okay. I... Admired this film more than I liked it. <laughs> now here's the deal, okay? It's um, it's a science fiction. It's a Soviet science fiction science fiction art film. Very so naturally, huh? hmm? what? Continue. So, so naturally, your expectations are through the roof. Yeah. Soviet science fiction art. Yeah. Film has yes. all the aspects you like. Going into this, I thought it was going to be like 2001, but for Russians. Mm -hmm. And that this was their entry in the cinematic space race. Mm -hmm. Because Kubrick did such a bang-up job. Um, But the movie is a lot more personal than you would expect. And it's a little bit more introspective in a different way than 2001 is. Okay. Um, there's a part in the movie where a guy says, don't make a scientific expedition into a common love story. <laughs> that was almost meta, wasn't it, Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> that was a little meta moment from from Mr. whatever his name is. Snout. From Mr. Snout. It was either Snout. You know what's my favorite part about the movie is the... Three male uh, characters are indistinguishable from one another. You're just saying that because they're Russians and name, that's racist. Name one trait that um, differentiates them. Um, Chris loves his wife, even <laughs> if she's not real. Facts. And Snout, he kind of just has like, uh, whatever, you know. He's he just he's chilling. <laughs> and then Sartorius, he's kind of a dick. That was, that was my thing. He's, he's, I love that. But Chris is a dick too, and so is Snout. But Chris was only a dick because things were happening that weren't supposed to happen. Because they send him up, and they're like, the hallucin- hallucinations are happening to mm-hmm. the crew. Mm-hmm. Figure out what's going on. We got to uh, find out stuff about Solaris. Uh, they don't really explain why. It's just, it's important. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> there's like this ocean on Solaris that they yeah. overlook. And they, there's a lot of, um, a lot of the, the film is interspersed with the shots of the swirling ocean. They're nice shots, you know. It's cool. It's cool imagery. 
Um, and it's and it's causing strange things to happen. Okay, let's get right into the spoilers. Um, what happens is that hallucinations become real on the ship. What happens is that, for example, so Chris goes there to investigate the crew or to psychologically evaluate them, but it doesn't happen because he did and they even comment on that they're like you're supposed to come here to do a job and you've just been sitting around yes. and banging your ex-wife like what yep. are you doing here um and then his his wife who had died 10 years early earlier his flesh and butt, uh, blood and appears on the ship he sends her away in a rocket but then she just appears again and they find out that um somehow the ocean will um using neutrinos <laughs> Using neutrinos, human beings or memories or people in your memories will be constructed and replicated. Yes. So then you get that nice element of um, Hari, who's his wife, um, coming to terms with that, thinking, oh, my God, why, why, why? Some existentialist stuff. Um, and then the movie does a lot of rumination uh, on various things, you know. On philosophy, look, here's the thing. Okay, the movie's well made. Okay, the acting, fine. Okay, come on, come on, come on. Acting's fine, you know. Dude, it's the acting in this movie, I don't know. Okay. Fine, it's a mopey. You're done, you're done, you're done, you're done. (laughs) The acting in this is so... Holy fuck, it is so wooden. I didn't see someone change their face for a second. He sees his dead wife and he's like, huh? Oh hi, uh, you're not real. It's so unbelievable, unbelievably dry. This movie is like if you. This is what people think. How should I phrase this? People who dislike two thousand one. This this is how they see that movie. Like this movie is one of the most dry, boring movies I've seen in my life. Like the acting is dry. The, I I don't even think like the script is good. The things that they say, like the plot of the the story and its pacing, makes no sense. Caitlin and I were sitting around watching. Like we were at the part where the guys in there showing them the movie or the recording of like this deposition. She's like, "What is what? What is the plot?" And I was like, "Um, I think it's gonna." It's going to explain what's going on soon. And then we get seven minutes of this guy driving. Uh, and I'm like, okay. That was, a, that was an art house cinema moment. Okay. <laughs> Those are the last moments on earth. Okay. And then we see him blasting off and I'm like, huh? And then they get to the station. I'm like, oh, okay, finally. Um, but then once Hari appears and the movie just goes downhill it it just is repeating and repeating and repeating for two and a half hours so i'm thinking like please something happen <laughs> it i think that this movie and i haven't I, i've only said this a couple of times i think this is a cult movie just because and i know like i've criticized other people for saying this like it's kind of it's a bit pretentious i don't yes I, this isn't like a plot head movie. This is like a theme head movie. Like people who really love themes in movies, yeah. like really are going to eat this up because they're talking about like the meaning of life, um, conscientiousness, uh, what is real, that sort of thing. And then like the movie will have like a, a bust of Plato's head in the background, and that's supposed to be deep. I, the movie is just—it's nothing. It's—it's it's so dry. 
It's so slow, and we like slow movies, or I, or yes. I do at least. Yeah. Like we just watched Twin Peaks: A Return, and there's a shot in this movie, or in a part of the 18-hour-long movie, whatever you want to say, where there is Mr. C and the woods, a woodsman, and they're walking through a corridor. Do you remember that, Mr. Who's Mr. C? Evil Coop. Oh, yeah, yeah, and. That, when I was watching that, what they do is they then have that playing over top of like the woods, and you hear like the trees creaking. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's a really good way to pad out this otherwise boring scene of someone just walking through a corridor. Yeah. And it sets a tone. This what this movie would do is just show that person walking through the corridor to no music, <laughs> and then people are just supposed to be like, oh, that's so. You're just supposed to like think about the themes and how how deep it all is. Y- yeah. Okay. You know that's you, you know fair. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. You know like a movie and compared to 2001, only a couple more times. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2001 is like it gives you a lot of stuff to think about. This stu- this movie kind of wants you to fill in the blanks. Yes. Okay. Um, the thematic material is vague because they talk about the meaning of life. And they do it, and I guess this is the ru- and and you know I'll give them a little slack because maybe this is how Russians do it. But yeah, they're more nihilistic, cinema. I guess. Yeah, and they're they talk about life, and then they'll criticize their own talkings about life, yeah. and then they'll laugh at it, and then they'll circle back. And it's a little bit more explicit yeah. than maybe like something in two thousand one. Yeah, um, that stuff sort of works for me. The stuff that works from there's like a couple of themes that hit that resonate with me. One thing I like is that, for example, they're investigating Solaris, mm-hmm. and they say it's really important to understand it, but they don't really understand why. Uh, they never explain why. They're yeah. just like uh, solaristics are important. Yeah, and they don't. Even, I guess it's in our solar system. They don't really they're supposed whatever. They're on the edge of like the the solar system or yes. something. They say, they, but they say it's not for. They they make some like allusion to us for repopulating the planet or something. Yeah, they don't give a year. It looks like it's the year nineteen seventy two. But yeah. but then he just goes to space. Yeah. Um. It, you know what? In terms of like techno, uh, like effects and stuff, it's pretty slim because there's like two sets. Yes. Of like his country home, then he's in space for like a minute. Yes. And you get a and you get a two thousand one shot. Or of of Dave uh, before he goes a uh, dicko mode mm-hmm. into into the into the shadow realm, and then there's the space station. So it's like it's a space film. Um, the theme that resonated with me was like then they say um, that later on. Um, you won. Later on, they say man um, is only concerned with questions of existentialism and meaning stuff if they're unhappy so mm-hmm. then you kind of have that grand theme of man is looking outward because inward um there's something to be resolved and that kind of plays out in the movie because it, there's like this obvious there, i guess there's like the obvious theme of psychological 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 baggage that you have mm-hmm. you know this guy literally has his dead ex-wife following him around in the station he can't leave her alone or else she starts acting crazy mm-hmm. because of her neutrinos <laughs> Um, so there's some stuff there, but I I would agree that a lot of the film it, it, it was disappointing in that in in its lack of directness. 
Yeah. Okay. Because it throws a lot, a little bit of a lot of different things at you. And then I guess you're just supposed to toy with them. The film, I think, is technically sound. Okay. It looks good. There's some good shots. The standout shots are really when he doesn't film people. Yes. Uh, when he's filming some grass mm-hmm. um, in the in the opening shot of the film. That was kind of hypnotic. The kelp in the water. The kelp, the water, that swirls, stuff like that. Um, there's a really nice couple of shots he does that's like a nice visual representation of the Nietzsche abyss thing where he where it, he looks out into blackness and then it zooms into that. So we yep. just see blackness, then it zooms out. There's cool visual motifs like that. But that, once again, it's kind of nebulous. It's like, what does that mean? I don't know. It's like just a very ex- existential film just on a general basis. Yeah, I mean, there there is parts of it that I do like like that. There's like little sparks throughout the, the movie. Um, and comparing it to 2001... I mean, what's nice about 2001, even though it is, like, long and it is philosophical, is there's grandiose things that happen in between that. And in this, it's just people talking for two and a half hours. Like, there's one action piece. Not that every movie needs action, but then make it shorter. Um, There's one action piece where... Um, he's sending off Hari into into space in this rocket, and then um, he's in the shuttle room, and the door is closed, and then it blasts off, and he's set on fire. Yeah. All right, cool. And you know, I I do like the set for the space station. Um, they have this one panel that they just repeat all along the walls, which it's just classic sci-fi beep mm. boop buttons and knobs. They have like these weird white like two thousand one monoliths, but then they're yeah. like there's just bibu buttons on them and then it's not explained what they're for whatever command modules whatever you want to call it they have this thing that they'll do where the scene will go into not black and white but very close to it's like this it's sort of like dark blue and white yeah um probably means something to someone but the problem is that the movie is just so uh, boring to me that I don't, I don't care to elaborate on his themes whereas like something like 2001 or it's not even that comparable but Twin Peaks like the characters in that are just so charismatic that I care about the world that they live in and this I'm not all too concerned there was one thing with Hari that I liked where he, like you said she just goes crazy without him and I think maybe that is a part of his uh, subconscious that yeah, he he wants this wife who just longs to be with him mm-hmm. and goes crazy without his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting because they explained that like they had had a, uh, what had happened with his real wife was they had a fight yep. and he left and then he came back and she had killed herself. Yes. I poisoned herself. So, you know, it's like, yeah, then it's like he's reconciling his, his broken relationship that ended terribly with, this like codependence or whatever with his wife yeah and if they were doing something like that um like the oh, what was that star trek episode called i think it was short the squire Leaf. of gothos <laughs> is that the mirror episode no that's the one with the napoleon guy and then you find out that um he's just like a and he's just has god powers yeah isn't isn't his powers in a generator oh a yes mirror? yes yes and then you find and the big twist is that he's just like a little kid <laughs> yeah a god alien and they're like 
Oh, you, you guy. The the actor for that co- is the I think it's Koloth from the Trouble with Tribbles. Anyways, they uh, reuse actors. Yeah. Um, Shame on you, Ron Barry. <laughs> but I think the episode is called Shore Leave. It's an episode where they go down to the planet and then their subconscious creates um, characters on the planet. Oh, like where Spock has like a woman and he loves her? Is that no? That that's. Or is it the That's one? this side of paradise. Oh. Shore leave is the one where Sulu cringes at the uh, the half naked women. Oh yeah, like those are McCoy's ladies, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's forgotten. But uh, I don't even remember what's going with this. But um, what I wanted from this movie was more of that than like why is it just one person? Why isn't like he's like oh I could use a hamburger? Then there's a hamburger. And then it could play into people succumbing to their desires. Um, you know, maybe his uh, his grandma appears, um, stuff like that. Why is it? It's just limited to one person, and then you get the same drama over and over and over again. Where uh, Hari is like, "I'm not real. Kill myself." I'm back. And she's like, oh, I love you, though. And then the thing is, like, the the characters are so wooden that their reactions to this aren't realistic. And then you're just taken out of the movie. There's no drama then, no real drama anyways. It's just, uh, doesn't kill me. Okay, Hari and Chris are kind of wooden, admittedly. And they're yeah. the two leads, so that's not a good sign. But I think their two buddies uh, have are... Our character enough. What the movie uh, made a mistake though is, is focusing too much on Ahari because there's like a because those guys also have guests yeah, as they yeah, call them. Yeah. Um, like Sartorius, you just get this quick shot of like this. It's like a it's a Lynchian moment. Yeah. Where like this little guy just runs out and then he picks him up and grabs him and he's like, "I'll talk to you later." <laughs> um, like expand on that. Like I guess we're just supposed to fill in the blanks there but i don't know it would have been cool to expand on the other characters in the film because admittedly the romance thing between hari and uh chris is like uh, it's it's okay you know like I, i get the gist of it um and i can sympathize and i understand the thematic material there but they don't have much chemistry and maybe it's not the fil- kind of film where they're supposed to mm-hmm. we're supposed to see a tender love scene because this movie is supposed to be meditative and thoughtful um but it just doesn't make for terribly entertaining viewing i can't, i don't know how to describe it but you know like watching something like frankenstein and it's not scary but it is like the theme of it is horror yes um, like like og horror yeah and you're supposed to like i don't know to, you're supposed you're supposed to just like see it as that and then with this like how do i it's like the horror in this is in your head man yeah that's a that's a whole thing is with this then um you're supposed to just think that it's really deep that she's there and that is supposed to move you emotionally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with Frankenstein, like, oh, that is a horrifying thought. And that's supposed to move you. And then with this, like, again, oh, she's alive. That That's moving. But what you're really supposed to do is have the actors act in a way um, to that information that then moves you. 
Yes. Because they're the actors are sort of your into that universe, and then if they don't care, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and it's like. You know, the movie is shot well, but it doesn't really have any of the visual majesty you would expect from, like, a, a, a yeah. an epic science fiction art film. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's it's even kind of, like, standard in just the way it shoots people or just scenes of conversation. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it... There were, there's no uh, every frame of painting moment here, except for the parts where there's no people on screen. Um, the other thing is that there's also, like, this... There's also, like, um, they also vaguely, like, allude to his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this flashback at the end, of the, towards the end of the film when he's ill and he sees his mother and she washes the scabs and his wounds boo-boos. off him. You know, read into that as you will. I miss my mommy. And then he wakes up and they're like, ah, you know, Hari was kind of tired of being here, so we annihilated her with our annihilator. And he's like, ah, shit, shitty. The ending of the movie's cool. Uh, yeah. And, uh, like, uh, okay, so the ending of the movie is that the guests have stopped appearing because... And I wish I would have shown this because they act like it didn't happen, but then it happened at the end. They make this machine called the what? The Annihilator. No, no, there's another one. It was uh, called, like, the Oscillator or... Oh, something. They say, like, they send his encephalogram or, like... Yes, his, his, yes. Um, his thought patterns out into yeah. space. They're like, what if, they're like, maybe if we shoot it at the ocean, then it'll understand that this is not real. This is kind of a dick move to be doing this yes that's their game plan so uh, then they do that yes and then the guests stop appearing on the station um and islands start forming on the ocean okay. um so and then you see chris is on one of the islands in the ocean back at his father's um home that you started the movie at yes but it just shows him at home and they see him with this dog and the horse is there and he goes to his father but then it zooms out and it's like boom he's still there he's in the ocean yeah. or whatever so this is also just a lot of guests like all those it, yeah. it, it, he's not he chose not to live in real life because he also just has like a little spiel at the end where he's like what do I have to live for I'm gonna be waiting here for her to come back she's not coming back you know he said he's seen too much so then it's like Boom, twist ending. He chooses to live in this uh, fantasy world, I guess. Then you can play with that a little, you know, uh, fantasy versus reality and how we cope and what we choose to believe in or not and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's a cool twist ending. You know, it, it, it kind of swings the deal on a film that admittedly is kind of glacially paced. And honestly, it didn't bother me for the first part. Mm-hmm. Because up on, when she appears and he sends her on the rocket, then it's like, that's part one. Yeah. And then part two is just the rest of the film. <laughs> yes. Um, which is kind of weird. I thought that, I was waiting for the part three. There was no... I don't think there was part three. There was just no. part one, which is like 40 minutes, and then part two, which is an hour. Or two hours. Two hours. Um, it was a kind of thing where I wasn't bored maybe because I was waiting for something to happen and because I had seen films like this before where the payoff is long term and mm-hmm. not an immediate gratification so the ending was a nice sweetening of the deal when you feel like you just get that that moment of you know like 
boom. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not just something for you to think about. You get that kind of narrative twist. So I like the ending. Okay, it was it was cool. May it really makes you think. Really gets the noggin jogging. And yeah, yeah. It um, it reminded me of another Star Trek episode. And I would honestly recommend watching this episode instead of watching this movie. It's The Cage. And I think it does it way better than this movie. I'll say that I like The Cage better than this movie. Yeah, I'll agree. The Cage as well as what is pretty much based off of Forbidden Planet. If you yeah. haven't seen that movie, uh, check that out. We didn't review that, did we? No. We just we just watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but those are both two movies that toy with the same idea, basically. Yeah, um, with a little bit of with a little bit more sci-fi flair. Yes. Um, and without the weird self-critical contemplation of this film, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more earnest in that regard. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this movie, it's like... It's like, I would watch this again because this might be the type of film that lends itself well to a rewatch when you can kind of think things over and you have the general gist of it and you can focus on certain aspects. But on first watch, it was a little bit lackluster if solidly produced. That's my general impression of the film. I just wanted... I, I had... I, it's not even that I was a victim of my expectations because I was expecting something, but I knew it was I knew it wasn't going to be two thousand one two. Yes, um, that was two thousand ten. That was two thousand ten, the year we made contact. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this isn't even two thousand ten. I haven't seen two thousand ten, um, but it was. It's the kind of movie that is food for thought, but it needs a little bit of spice. Let's say that. There's the food analogy of the day. Yeah, I would agree. Shorten the length of the movie. Yeah, the movie didn't need to be that long, even though the length didn't bother me. Like, there are, like, a lot of long shots where I'll just hold on him sleeping and you see his nostrils Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, yeah, it's supposed to lend itself to the atmosphere of the film. And we didn't talk about the sound. Which is non-existent. Which is non-existent, except when it is. And it's then it's used good. Yeah. Because, for example, like, whenever weird, like, guests appear, there's, like, this weird... This is a bing ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That happens. That's cool. Sometimes when it shows the ocean, there's this the swelling score. There's mm-hmm. there's a particular instance that eludes me right now towards the end of the film where it uses like a more traditional dun 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 kind of score. Yeah, he's using classical music when it's it was showing this famous painting. Yes, it and yeah, that painting scene. There's a scene where Hari's just smoking and looking at this painting. And it's just a winter village scene. Um, that one was kind of cool, just suppose with the music, because the, um, the people on there were like totally black, so it was kind of it was like a little, it, it was like a little off, you mm-hmm. know, the way she's observing it. You get the sense that she's trying to relate to this general idea of humanity, but she's struggling because then after that is when she kills herself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are a couple inspired moments with the sound design and the score, even though it is minimal. That score that they play for the shots of the ocean, it was very, very similar to the uh, score that they play when Dave is going through the warp. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when it's going, ha, ah, yeah. ah. 
Um, four bangs out of ten. Out of ten, I'll give it a little bit more better. I'm okay. gonna give it three out of five bags of popcorn. <laughs> okay. okay, it'll really make you think. And and even though it's not fun for the whole family, sometimes you have to ask, guys. Let's get real. Sometimes we have to ask more of our cinema than that. Okay, and this movie tried, and that's all that matters. Okay, next week. Um, next week is not sci-fi week. Yeah, no more. So if you don't like sci-fi movies, then you can tune back in. Yeah, please. Please. Um, so we're just gonna fuck it. What are you doing? I'm Where's just, your list? I'm, I'm, you... I'm just, I... All right, you know what? Roll, roll it. I'm gonna veto it. I'm not it. rolling. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick a movie. We oh. are doing. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, we already did that. The Kentucky Fried movie. Uh, we are gonna be doing. Here we go. Hey, yo, let's go pick a movie. Yeah. We are doing Chud. No, I don't want to do Chud. Try again. Roll, okay, we're do gonna it do again. Tromping Mall. Like, do better. Okay. Cheerleader do- Camp. No. Cherry Two Thousand. <laughs> no. Caligula. Um. Is that a cool movie? That's just like a historical film. Oh, then no thanks. Legend. No. Actually, <laughs> oh, it's got Tom Cruise in it. Oh, it's it's got to be good. It's got 30 Metascore. No. Move on. <laughs> Do a different page. I don't like this page. Okay. This is the last page. Yeah, so pick one of the previous three. Okay. Dead air. You love to see it. Okay, yeah. we yeah. are going to be doing... Yeah, fill the dead air with this. U- yeah, yeah, UHF. Yeah. No. Try again. Okay, this is the last one. <laughs> no, There's I get two more because <laughs> you're, you're you're picking shitty movies. Swamp Thing. Um, That's a comic, I think. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll think about that. Do pick another. Pick another. And we'll All right, wait, well, this is the last one. And we'll weigh the options. Do a different page. Okay. Yeah. Different page. Uh, we are gonna be doing. We can do Cry Baby. It's uh, topical. You know, Johnny <laughs> Depp's in the Depp's news. In Blue Velvet. We could do that. We already Monster Squad. Let's do Monster Squad. No. I actually been wanting to watch no. this. So no, I'd rather do Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. I don't care. I don't no, care. No, I don't no, care. It's, no, it's no, 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 no. It's over. It's over. We're gonna be doing the Monster Squad because I've been meaning to watch this. It's a teen. Like it's all the classic um, Universal monsters, but they're teenagers. I'm not gonna be sober when I when we watch this. I'll tell you. You that. will be. No, I won't. And I won't be sober when we review it too. This is <laughs> fucked up. Not. Look, come on. Like, just look at the two movies it's bordering. Like, we We've already done did that. this. Come on. This would be that's, cool. That's not a cult movie. It's not a cult movie. In, an American Werewolf in London was huge. Well, they look did at a Seinfeld like, episode parodying it. Look at the. That doesn't mean anything. They do that it's all the huge. time for cult movies. It's they, huge. Look at the Metascore. It's not that good. Yeah. Could have done Invasion of the Saucer Men. Yeah, that would have been like Mars Attacks. Yeah, but like more better. Could have done eyes wide shut. That would have been hot. Yeah, like at least you can get off to that. We're gonna watch okay. Monster Squad. Yeah, Come yeah. On. Okay, you're done. We're watching Monster Squad. Okay. Okay, fine. Monster See any Squad. good movies lately? Um, I don't. You want to talk about men? <laughs> no. And not not. Like, I didn't see girl any talk. Good, I didn't see. I didn't see any good movies. I saw Men. It wasn't that good. They they reduced. This last say, Okay, it's Bone yeah, Chilling, yeah. A twenty four. <laughs> Whatever. They've reduced it to formula. It's weird. I guess they're making money off this. It's niche. I don't know. It, it was cool one time and then like kind of cool the second time. Like and Hereditary Midsommar you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. And then after that, like who cares? Especially because this film just isn't up to that standard of quality in, in acting 
or production or script <laughs> or anything. It's a weird, it's a weird, small, quaint little picture that I, I don't know who it's supposed to appeal for. It's like this is like the kind of movie that you pretend to like to virtue signal to the kind of hipstery girl that you're going on a date with, like Solaris. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> That's the that's the one that no Solaris is the one you virtue signal you like for your mail order Russian bride. Okay, that's a, that's different. Okay, but men is like yeah I get it man. It's like men are like so toxic man, and it's like it's like suffocating to be a woman man. I, I got that it. from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. We said like I said that to you when we watched the trailer for the first time. Yeah, I saw that too, but I was like, I'll give this a chance because yeah. the trailer was minimal, and I thought they were doing that for a reason. No, it's just a minimal trailer because those those are also trendy. You, <laughs> you're not getting that much more in the film. Um, there's weird CGI in it. Um, it has this weird perverse ending that I guess is supposed to be shocking and you're supposed to talk about, but I don't hear anybody talk about it. So <laughs> fail. Kind of embarrassing. Not a good look. Yeah. It's just shocking imagery for the sake of it. If I had to give it bags, it'd be like two out of five, and it's like a low two out of five. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Not a good. Two out of five. Yeah, you know maybe you know that was my block. That was like my wide release movie of the month to watch. Maybe next month Elvis will be good. What about uh, Doctor Strange? Um, you that? that um, Doctor Strange. It was. Did you see it yet? No. Um, I'll wait till you watch it. Then we can talk about the the Sam Raimi stuff in it. Okay. And ignore the other stuff. <laughs> the, so I didn't see any good movies. This is sorry. I'll watch. And to make up for this, I will watch two good movies and include them in discussion for next week. You better. Yes. When are we talking about Monster Squad? Uh, yes. We'll, ha- we'll have to make up for Monster Squad, naturally. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big bags. Did you Did you see any good movies lately? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Let's, yeah, let's hear it. Um, I saw Blade Runner 2049, which was awesome. I, I like it more than the original, I'd say. Blasphemous. Nope. Can't say that. Just said it. Is it because Harrison Ford's not the main guy in it? And that helps. <laughs> that Harrison Ford is not the main guy. Um, I mean, the movie just looks amazing. Uh, the soundtrack is killer. Um, it again, it's a slow movie, but it really brings you into the world of Blade Runner, which the first movie did well. But honestly, like I saw Twenty Forty Nine first in theaters, and then I saw the original Blade Blade Runner, and maybe. I didn't like it as much because I thought it was going to be more like that. But the first Blade Runner, I think I'm supposed to feel something by its ending, but it was just sort of... Tears and rain, man. Yeah. Tears and rain. I think someone is maybe having an asthma attack. God damn. That was, I'm scared. <laughs> that was lynching. That was okay. That was scary. Um, but the ending didn't hit me as as deep as 2049's did. You know what? Like Blade Runner, honestly, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, half of the appeal is the vibe, and like the <laughs> cyberpunk yes. vibe, yes. which is very unique, and it's like the the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it's very good, and the soundtrack's very good, and all contributes to that. In the original, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen 2049. Okay. So I can understand why it doesn't resonate as much now, or if twenty forty nine eclipses it. I no, no, I, I, it. I like no, I, the original. No, I know, but it's like it, there's like a novelty to it. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's there's more to be done mm-hmm. in that kind of sphere and in the cyberpunk genre and even in just the Blade Runner world. So I'll, I'll get around to 2049 when it comes back to Netflix. Yes. Um, and in the first movie, we follow Deckard, who's de- a detective, but there isn't that much detective work done in it. Well, that's because they had to get rid of the voiceover, which is, <laughs> there's your detective stuff right there when he goes, ah, the city's the dark. The snakes. Why did it have, what do they call it? The replicants. Why did it have to be replicants? Um, but in, in this one, there's actual detective work that's done, and there's a mystery that fo- you follow along, and there's red herrings, and you think he's the one, and yada, 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 and it ends on a very impactful note. It just, it has the same sort of ending as Whiplash, where you get it, and it's done. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. It has it has its same same ending where it said all that it has to say, we're done. Like I haven't seen the Sopranos, but I'm assume I, I know that that's also what people say the ending is like. Mm-hmm. Um there isn't like a huge shootout or a 20 minute long lightsaber battle. It's just it's done. Um I like that I watched Ocean's 11. Um George Clooney and Brad Pitt are fighting the whole movie to see who can be the most suave cool guy in it. And you know what George Clooney is like he's like old school suave and that's yeah. why I kind of like him. He's like it's like back when Frank Sinatra used to do movies and all he's doing is just like looking handsome and talking in a suave voice <laughs> and playing it cool. Like mm-hmm. he's never in a compromising situation that that's unflattering. Yeah. It's like oh my and it's like, yeah, he gets his ex, his ex wife back, easy. You saw the movie? I saw that. I saw that a long, well, not a long time ago, maybe a couple of years ago. I enjoyed it. I was like, this is a fun heist film. Yeah, got cool. It's like, it's just like a standard heist film, but it's fun. I like, I like movies that will tell a story that you've seen before, but show it in a, in a unique way. Like this movie is ten percent just getting the team together and then 90% of the movie is just the heist that's the yeah. whole thing yeah. uh, I like that I like in Reservoir Dogs where it's a heist movie but then you never see the heist yes. and then it's just like they just talk about it um, so that was neat seeing just the whole thing play out um, what was kind of funny to me is that the justification for robbing this guy is that he's kind of a dick Yes, that's well, <laughs> see, see the thing is the rap scallions, but they're just so darn like. Look at that Clooney smile. It's just what a what a guy. And also he's sleeping with his ex girlfriend. You can't so do that. That's a no go. No. So then you you cheer for him again, and then he also gets her back. So <laughs> which was so you can't stop the Cloonster. Okay, it was like wild at heart. It's just it's so unbelievable. She's like, all right, I love you. The, and, the end. And, and yeah. <laughs> Um, that's it and I finished Seinfeld now all there is to really talk about Seinfeld is the ending because every other episode is pretty similar so the ending spoilers to the sign heads out there but well the sign heads have already seen it budding sign heads the budding sign heads yes do you do you want to hear yeah just tell me the ending I don't, I don't think it's going to affect my enjoyment of the series okay the last two episodes are as follows the first one is Eclipse episode, which is kind of a snooze fest. Is it like uh, from all seasons? Yes. So that's kind of is nice. Is it a good best of? Yeah, and they like structure it so um, it will be like um, 
weird situations they found themselves in. Remember that time and, we, George went to play baseball? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the best part is that they end it with it's some Green Day song. Uh, hope you had the time of your lives. Really? Yes. Um, a Green Day song? I think that's my Green Day. Um, over like stills of behind the scenes footage. It was so 90s. It was so <laughs> corny. I love that. And then actually what it ended with, with was bloopers. You, you gotta love bloopers. You gotta have them. Um, and then the next episode is the grand finale. It was like 55 minutes long, okay. I think. So what happens is that in my favorite season of Seinfeld, or like the most memorable one at least, um, is that they're making a show in the show called Jerry. Yeah. Um, so in the last episode, they get a call, or Jerry gets a call from NBC, and they get a new um, CEO or whatever, and he's like, "I want, I want to make Jerry again." And he's like, "Oh, oh, okay," and then. <laughs> It goes down to the office with George, and he's like, yeah, I, le- I saw the pilot. I loved it. Let's make it happen. He's like, all right. They're like, okay, we're going to give you our private jet, and you just go anywhere you want on us. Uh, you just tell us where you want to go. So they're like, all right, let's go to Paris. After they have some banter and arguments on where to go, you know, George, uh, Elaine says, let's go to, uh, where does she say? Holland or somewhere. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, Elaine, you want to go? And it's for the it's for the mountains, right? Elaine, yeah. that's why you want to go to Amsterdam. Yeah. And right. George is like, it's kind of hilly there. And then she makes some fat joke about he's how he's fat. Quite and, insensitive. Okay. Yeah. And how he's Billy James Corden, and he says, "Well, you know, blah blah blah." And then they decided to go to Paris, so they go, and then. Uh, Kramer gets some water in his ear. He's jumping around trying to get it out, and then he knocks one of the captains, and then they start to nosedive. And then they say all the things that they wish that they had said, like George says that he cheated uh, for this competition they had, which was a throwback reference to this episode where they had a competition on who could hold out the longest from masturbating. And he said that he he cheated. Uh, And then Elaine starts to say, Jerry, I've always... And then the plane levels out. And then what was she going to say? Oh, Oh, my God. Hello. They have to make an emergency landing in this um, town. And there's a spider. And they try to pass the time. They watch this fat guy get robbed. And they're just cracking wise at this guy. like Getting robbed? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like he gets his... Uh, is, he gets carjacked or something. And they're like, well, it's probably good for him to use his legs. Stuff like wow. That. Okay. <laughs> and I then, don't like the fat phobia vibe I'm getting <laughs> from Seinfeld. It should. And then a police officer comes up and he's like, um, did you just watch that guy get robbed? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, you just broke the Good Samaritans Act. You're supposed to help him out. Um, and then they go to court and they're getting charged with being dicks, I guess. And, and they're guilty on all charges. And then the whole episode is just throwbacks because they get like characters from previous episodes okay. who they had done wrong to to come back and testify and also just have throwback clips. Uh, and then at the end, they're found guilty 
and they have to spend a year together in prison. And that's the ending, and it's kind of an odd choice. I think, like, it's interesting because maybe they looked back at the series and they said, like, our characters are kind of unlikable if they are real. There's no way so, they... Uh, that's a kind of... Like, they're not supposed to be, like... They're they're kind of, like, anti-friends, right? Yes. Where they're all, like... The friends guys, they're all lovable, good guys at heart. It's like, these guys are, like, kind of... At least, I know, like, George is like that. Yes, George is... They're all deplorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, maybe that's what they're going for. They're trying to, like, atone for their sins. It's such an odd choice, especially to have it be basically like a throwback episode where they just had a clips episode you know i it, 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 it so must odd. it must be like the genuine reputation for these characters like their dicks and this is like okay here they get their come up yeah they're just yeah desserts, and then that's it but that's that isn't that <clears throat> show you know um what do you mean it's not that show be, because they've always played it off as being fine Oh yeah, but then I, I guess that's just like a little a little meta moment, like how we're dicks. I would have liked to have just seen them produce the show. They go to they go to Paris. Something wacky happens there, like a very typical but amplified Seinfeld plot where everything comes together at the end as a like um. Uh, a comedic tragedy yeah um but in this is it's it fizzled out yeah yeah but all in all the show is really good i would suggest uh watching watching it yeah solid sitcom stuff yeah um yeah so it's it's very smart how it's written like every like i said before you never expect the episode to end in the way that it does i mean you know that george or jerry or elaine or kramer are gonna stop seeing that the person that they're seeing for some silly reason but the way it actually pans out you, you never expect it like elaine doesn't like the way that guy was it coughs or <laughs> was it probably it's probably an episode I don't know. I don't know, Lucas. The thing is, how you want me to spend hours with these unlikable characters with 90s haircuts? <laughs> That's a tall order, man. We'll see. Yeah. Shout out to Jerry. No. Actually, no. Listening to this episode, be it the pre, post, or just plain old fashioned thanks. Send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at COT Podcast, COT Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake Shay, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough? Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling three. Two, one.